Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. Hello, 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 friends. Welcome, everyone. We are back. We are episode 92 of Whiskey and Wonder. Yes, yes, we are. We got a. I just realized this. Oh, this is all effed up. This is all turned. Yeah, there we go. All right, so that was Megan's camera we were adjusting. If you're new to Whiskey and Wonder, obviously that's Megan over there since I just said that. And And I'm Tyler. That's Tyler. Yep. Uh, And we're Whiskey and Wonder where we drink whiskey every week. We review a different one and we teach one another about something uh, interesting. Yeah. Fun, something we enjoyed, excuse me, enjoyed learning about. So. Um, yeah, that's what we do here. It is. So if you're a long time listener, you'll have noticed two weeks ago, I was not here. Correct. And Megan ran the ship and did a fabulous job. Oh, thank you. So shout out to that. And then last week, life just got in the way for both of us and we were not able to make it here to record. So... You guys got a From the Vault episode, so it's been a while since both of us have been here. We've been together it has been. for you guys, so yeah, we got a good one for you today. Oh, I excited. I hope so. Anyway, um, before we jump too much further, let's just hit a couple quick announcements. It's basically the same old stuff. Check out the Patreon, whiskeyandwonder.com slash, sorry, nope. patreon.com <laughs> slash whiskeyandwonder. I dyslexia man it, it kills you though you can go to whiskeyandwonder.com <clears throat> and find all this information yes you can um again that was patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder it's got a bunch of different uh benefits for signing up to, for the tiers especially voting on the infinity bottles which you can see are right above megan's head on screen um yep right there we've also got as soon as we get an empty bottle we're gonna wash it out and put scotch in it and make uh, i'm keeping a list of scotches that are voted but you know, fortunately, we haven't done a ton of scotches lately. So, um, yep. So check out Patreon. You get a get some benefits there, uh, especially voting for the Infinity Bottles. And also check out the store where we have stickers and T-shirts. Um, you can find that at whiskeyandwonder.com slash store. <laughs> store. Yeah. I, 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 it's store, even though the thing is labeled shop. I should make those the same thing, but store without an h in there <laughs> um also uh, we'll touch a little bit more on this but check out we've if you're while you're over at the website if you want some cool deals on some cool stuff check out our sponsors page we've got some partners up there so like this lovely tervis uh bottle that i take to work every day to drink anyway We'll touch more on that later. Uh, other announcements. I learned that there is a way to sell merchandise on YouTube. So I'm going to try to get our shirts and stickers and whatnot up on the YouTube page. I'm not entirely sure how that's done. I'll have to look into that. You might have to have a certain amount of of you know subscribers and whatnot, which uh, which we're trying to get to. We don't. We don't have a nice, neat YouTube page. You just got to search YouTube right now uh, for Whiskey and Wonder. We, you can't just type in youtube.com slash Whiskey and Wonder. Um, but the link for that's in the description if you, if you don't feel like actually just searching Whiskey and Wonder. True. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff in the show notes down below that 
you can you can reach out uh find us on instagram how to email us how to contact us patreon youtube our website all that stuff's down below so mm-hmm. um on that note we're just gonna uh, uh well i want to take a minute and say thanks to everybody that does support yes the podcast we've we've noticed uh uh some more people are reaching out and supporting and and we really appreciate it yes thank you guys so much everything you do helps out it just more than you understand so thank you for everything you do just you're amazing absolutely and you know you guys make this podcast continue yep Uh, equipment's not free website hosting's not free whiskey's not free podcast hosting is not free podcast hosting is not free that's that's a that's a big one yeah so um all right on that note uh we'll just go ahead and move on the open segment all right well tyler i haven't seen you in a hot minute so how was your vacation what what did you guys do what's going on is that is that why i missed yeah, you went to Tennessee? No. No? Are you sure? Um, I thought you went to see friend John. No. No? I, I honestly don't remember why I had to miss. Why did you not? Why were you not here? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I th- I th- That's how my life has been going <laughs> the last month. I It's all blending together, and once it's over, it's over. I swear it was because you were out of Oh, no, it was, okay, it was Labor Day weekend. I was in South Carolina getting, no, nah, I didn't really get drunk. Um, I got invited to a good friend uh, that owns the, the brewery that I work at. Their family puts on a large That's right. Labor Day cookout. You were and, the the griller. Yes, the grill I, was, I, I was helping with that because uh, her father had had knee surgery, knee replacement, and wasn't supposed to be walking, although it wasn't like it was just me. There were apparently, there were about six of us counting him, and we literally roasted two turkeys, a leg of venison, and two center-cut pork loins, uh, several of which were wrapped in bacon of of those items. Goodness gracious. um, Over a spit that was powered by this little motor thing it was freaking awesome i learned a lot but it wasn't like i was i was driving i was just a pair of helping hands and i was very thankful to be a part of it so thank you uh thank you guys to steph and and her family for having me and shelby out there it was fun cool i'm glad you had fun yeah we didn't end up getting back that evening until 10 10 30 Something yeah, we like were that. we were long gone. I or I don't know long gone, but we were gone by yeah. the time you guys got back. Yeah. Um I, I also didn't come home that night, so Oh. Yeah, I stayed at Shelby. So Oh. Um I while I was at this cookout, <clears throat> I met a gentleman who I've met before. Uh he is a friend of the husband, Steph's husband, Andy. That mm-hmm. they own the brewery together. He is a friend of Andy's from when they served in the military together. And I've met him at the brewery several times. And and he likes his whiskey. He likes I'll put it this way. At the at the party without incriminating 
anybody or anything. I was just calling somebody the Moonshine Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> so let's just let wink, leave it. wink, nudge, let's, nudge. Yep, yep. <laughs> let's just leave it there. Now, I started talking with the Moonshine Man, and I'm not going to give his name away. Um, so you know who you are if you're listening. <laughs> um, he made this awesome uh, creation that apparently is not his own invention. He it was just a recipe he followed, but he it was it was literally like it wasn't moonshine, but it was a creamsicle mixture of like orange juice and vanilla and and several other things uh, with Everclear that it basically tasted like creamsicle moonshine. It was so good but dangerous. But anyway, so we were talking. We got to talking about whiskey, and Andy kind of formally introduced us. I, like I said, we've met a handful of times, but never never sat there and chit-chatted. And we're talking, and he, you know, talking about whiskey, and it comes up that he has his pride and joy in his collection is Rebel Yell from 1969. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I wonder how much that is ah i have no idea i know how much he got it for he got it for thirty dollars wow yeah so he told me the story behind it and uh i'll i'll save that because it's a little it it's got a little volume behind it but or not volume but a little uh length behind it so anyway um you know, we chatted about it, and I was like, man, you know, one day, next year when I come down to this thing, if if we're both here, you know, I would love to try it, you know. Uh, honestly, uh, yeah, it would have been awesome to try it. Never in a million years would I have thought I would have actually gotten the opportunity to try it. And so, flash forward to this weekend. Normally, I work Friday nights at the brewery. Every so often I do events on Saturdays and it is it is starting to be fall where we're at right now. Uh, temperatures are starting to come down. So I'm doing a lot more events on Saturdays and less less working on Friday nights. And so I had a terrible, terrible day at work on Friday. Um, and I kind of... I knew it was going to be 50-50 as to whether it was. And I, I, I knew I was probably going to end up at the bar just to have a beer. Um, but Andy sent me a text, and he's like, hey, the moonshine man is coming up, and he has something he wants you to try. And I, I had forgotten all about it. I had forgotten all about the the rebel yell and whatnot. I was like, okay, cool. Um, And he proceeds to, we go there, and, and we're hanging out. Um, at the, at the, we meet and go to, uh, the owner's little place. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we go to the owner's, uh, place that, that they've got. And, um, it's a little sneaky sneak thing. Anyway, um, he breaks out a cooler that's got four whiskeys in it. And I'm I'm trying. I've got the picture of the first one that he let me try on there, and I I did try all four of them, but I will be the first one to tell you. Even as soon as he opened the cooler, I said, "Oh, I recognize that bottle." Um, so where are my photos here? Let me get in here. Uh, I tried what? 
So this whiskey has to be so rare. I'm only finding the empty bottle for sale. And that's still going for $100 because it's the old, like when they sculpted them into yep. like a man riding a horse. And yeah, he was telling me that his, the head broke off of the... The, the decanter? Decanter, yeah. But um, yeah, it is a unicorn. It is. I will never get to drink it again in my life. No, that's, no, that's no. amazing. Like I... So the first one we started wow. out with was Heaven Hill, Heaven Hill uh, Green. It's the Heaven Hill Old Style bourbon it looks like this um oh the light's gonna make it so that you guys can't see anyway it looks like that you can only get this in kentucky okay so it's a six-year-old bourbon and it basically uh, it for six years old i think he said you'd get it for 13 bucks in kentucky damn good damn good i would drink it that would be my daily really? drinker if I was For in Kentucky. For 13 bucks. $13, yep. Wow. Um, the second one he pulled out is one that has been featured on Whiskey and Wonder. Ooh, it's one we did. Yeah. All right, Moonshine Man has good taste. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Well, so uh. if you'll remember, last August, two Augusts ago, I went out to Wyoming and mm-hmm. Montana, and I brought back several bourbons, but one of them was uh, Willie's Distillery's Bighorn Bourbon. We did that in episode 55, and do you want to take a guess of what you rated it? Three. Two. Oof! And I rated it a four and a half. So Oof. I knew I knew what Willie's, uh, you know, I knew what to expect with that. I knew it was kind of middle of the road. Then he pulled out another one we've done on here. This is the one, the bottle I knew. And it was the... Um, damn. Oh, uh, no. Uh, damn, I don't see it on the list. It was the... Hold on. Okay. I am holding on. The Uncle Nearest 1884. Is that what? Is that which one I've got down there? On um, the bottom, bottom right down there. I couldn't read it. 1884, yeah. Yeah. Yep, the 1884, which... Small batch. Yep, we've done... That is allocated, by the way. I did not know that until recently, but I know of a place where I could get it, where I've seen it on the shelf. So I'm trying to find that on here. Is that actually not a... Yeah, that's a Tennessee whiskey. So we did that in episode 31, and both of us... Do you remember what we rated it? Uh, Seven? Eight? Both of us gave it a seven. Okay. So that was another a good one, and I've seen a bottle of it on the shelf recently, like I said, so I am going to attempt to pick that up. Nice. Tomorrow. Nice. And then we get to the main event. And that's the 1969 whiskey, right? 1969 Rebel Yell. Keep in mind, I've wanted to get Rebel Yell on this podcast for a while. I've heard a lot about it. I've never had it. Modern day Rebel Yell, um, but I can never find it. I can, and I can see where it belongs in the stores, and it's just an empty shelf. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to compare it to today. But I ended up getting to taste it, and you could tell he he had brought some Glen Claren glasses, similar to what what I have here. If you're on YouTube, and he poured me just the tiniest, just a little, little like- taste, and I made it count. It was 
the smoothest whiskey. It by far and away, everything in that cabinet behind Megan, nothing in there is as good as it was. Really? Not a single thing. It was the smoothest whiskey I've ever had. I, I flat out said, I was like, if this is the way liquor tasted in 1969 and earlier, if this is legitimately the way it tasted, I understand why everybody was an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it tasted, I could have drank it like, you know how you go to McDonald's and you get the large cup of soda or the large sweet tea or whatever? Yeah. I could have drank a large one of those and I would have been hammered off my ass, but I would have it wow. never never once would have regretted it taste or burn wise. Wow. It that's was, awesome. It was so so good. So we we're talking a little bit and he you know, we're standing there, we're drinking and and he pours me a little bit more and he gets a little bit more in that second pour. And so I, again, I'm like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I need to just savor, savor it as this much moment. As you can. Yep. And so I, I did. And then I was fortunate enough that he opened the cooler one last time and he goes, which one you want? And I just looked at him. I was like, you, by this point, I'm, I'm feeling, feeling pretty, feeling pretty good. Cause I hadn't had much to eat that day. Uh, and he goes, I said, uh, you know which one I want. And he goes, uh, yeah. I, he basically was like, go ahead. Because I, I was like, I don't want to take more than my fair share. Yeah. You that's, know, that's it. Uh, and, and he said, man, here you go. And he poured me another little sliver of it. And I, oh, man. Wow. Oh, it was so good. I wish I could have brought some to share, but I would have probably ended up drinking it. So <laughs> it was that good. Um, wow. But yeah, that was that was a fun experience I got. In the in the off times, and I, I have one more quick. I'll make it quick. Uh, open segment topic. I just want to put out there that I am freaking terrified. I'm freaking out right now. Um, I scheduled my dog Bo for a teeth cleaning, and it is tomorrow morning, and I am terrified. My dog is not going to come back to me. He's going to come back. And it's going to be okay. Ever since, ever since everything happened last year with me, it's like I just kind of had the realization a couple couple weeks ago, I guess, just like, oh, fuck. He's going under anesthesia. Like, he, he might not wake up from this. Like, I'm not ready to lose my dog. So I've been wrestling and debating about canceling it ever since then. And I, I ended up not doing it. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, I got to take him out there to that tomorrow morning at – I got to be there at like eight and I will be stopping at the ABC store near his vet because I know from when he got bit on the nose recently that they have the uncle nearest 1884 on the shelf or they had. So, but yep, that's my, excuse me. That's what's been going on in my life. Wow. Everything else has just been a blur. Um, well, I'll try to keep my open segment short. Yep, sorry, mine was long. That's all right. There was a lot to catch up on. Um, I still have a squishy brain. Um, Don't we all? <laughs> the doctor currently has me down to only working um, four hours a day, uh, which has not been the most fun, uh, and that's going to last for at least another week before Ooh. I go back. Um Houston woke up today sick as a dog, so uh, but COVID negative so far, so there's that. Um, and then 
I got to try a really nice whiskey. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, on Thursday, nope, Friday. On Friday. This Friday? Yeah. Like, like in the two, evening? Two days ago. No, well, kind of. Afternoon-ish. Like four? Yeah, probably. Five-ish, yeah? Probably four-ish. About the same. Okay, you were, you were about an hour ahead of me. It's about the same time. You were trying your... Yeah, I was trying, yep. So uh, I have a friend, shout out to friend Stephanie, who I know listens to the podcast. So hello, friend Stephanie. Um, she does want to be on here eventually because she's a huge uh, whiskey fan and she collects whiskey as well. Um, her and her husband do. Well, bring us something lovely. Uh, no, and I'm just so kidding. We'd love to have you. I went over to her house to help her plug logs. So basically, uh, I had no idea what that was, but it's basically planting mushrooms so we drilled holes in like logs and then we like put these mushroom bullet things in the logs with a hammer, covered them with wax, and they're supposed to like grow out these edible mushrooms. It was a lot of fun. Like psychedelic mushrooms? No, or no, like, like chicken of the woods. Uh, chicken out of the woods. Okay. Um, black oyster, I think one of them was called. It, it was all like food. Food, Got, mushrooms. Uh, yeah, like not, edible. Yes, not not uh, drugs, not okay. drugs. <laughs> you never know nowadays. I mean, that's true, but no, not drugs. Um, but after we finished, uh, we went back up to her house, and she was like, "Do you want to have like a sip of some whiskey?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And she like opened her cabinet, and she has all sorts of very nice, um, very pricey whiskey. And so I was like, "I'm not picking one because those are all expensive." So you just grab whatever you want. Um, and so she took out the uncle nearest 1820. I've actually had that one as well. I have you? Yeah. It um, was very is it 1820 good. or 1920? 1820. I am pretty sure. I think. I just want to see, cause I know they make another one. They make the 1884. They make an 1856. I think it was 1820. They do make an 1820. You're right. Oh, I've never seen the 1820. Ooh. Yes. All right. How was it? It was very good. Yeah? Yes. Um, it was very good. So that was exciting. Um, and that's my exciting whiskey news, I guess. I got to try something that apparently Tyler hasn't tried. What so. it tastes like? Um, delicious. A little more on the scotch side. Um, so a little bit more peaty. Um, but it was very, um, very woodsy and earthy, um, really nice compliment to having been in the forest all day planting mushrooms. It was nice. Okay. So 1820 is the single barrel edition of, uh, which, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Cause we're going to, that's a high proof at. Says on the picture I see here, sixty point six, hundred twenty one. We got something that's real high today. Oh yeah, real high. We're revving up the engines. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Megan's not. Nope, but I really <laughs> enjoyed the Uncle Nearest. I didn't yeah? even look at the proof. So yeah, but yeah, it, it was well, that's good. It burned, but it it was smooth. So that's good. That's awesome. Um, I'm curious to. I've, I'm sorry. I haven't had the eighteen twenty. I've had the eighteen fifty six. Uh, when we did go to uh nashville and saw shelby's brother john john five 
Um, he had that one as well. He's the one that originally turned me on to the 1884. Mm-hmm. And he had the 1856. And we both agree the 84 is better. In our opinion. So, um, all right. Well, that's what we've been up to for two weeks. Uh, that and just, you know, life blending together and can't yep. remember what we're doing. True. So, um, we'll go ahead and open that bottle. Opening the bottle. So this is going to be uh, a reference for all those people that are about our age that grew up with SpongeBob. You know that episode of SpongeBob where they have the band and they're about to go on and he's like pumping his arms back and forth yes. and his tongue's waggling. It's like, that's his, uh, that's his excited face. Yes. That's me right now inside. <laughs> <All right. laughs> My excited face is on. And you I have want, not tried this one. I opened the bottle to smell it, but I have not tried it. Okay. I'm excited and scared, terrified. Um, we are drinking today Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof. Yes, we whiskey. I was able to find it at that same ABC store. That's why I didn't come home with the uncle nearest <laughs> the first time. And this bad mama jamma, 129.0 proof. Whew. So this is the highest we've ever done. Yes, it is. Uh, might be the highest we ever do. I don't know if you can get much higher. I've got one that gives it a run for its money in there. Oof. Okay. I've well, actually tried that one. Mm-hmm. And you'll be shocked. Okay. You might be shocked with this one. I mean, we'll see. Based off of the other one. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, from Jack Daniels' website, the tagline for this is Whiskey as Nature Intended It. Bottled straight from the barrel at its full proof. Intense, smooth, and remarkably varied. Barrel proof is bottled anywhere between 125 and 140 proof. Um, taking Jack's trademark flavors to bold new levels. So we can go higher. Yep, we can get to at least 140 in this guy. I, I do want to take one minute. I, I did misspeak there. I have had this. I had a very, very small amount of it when Shelby and John and uh, Brandy. No, Brandy. Brandy, uh, Her sister-in-law all went to the Jack Daniels distillery. They did give us a little taste of this. So I just apologize. I said I had never had it. I have. I don't remember it. And this is, if you will remember back, while Megan's smelling it here, if you'll remember back to... Um, I think I'm going to take these Tennessee ones out and put them back, well, uh, into bourbon. Anyway, uh, episode number 71, we did the Jack Daniels single barrel select that was picked by the NC. It was a store pick from the NC Bourbon Society. And Megan and I, uh, Megan gave it an eight and a half. I gave it an eight. That was the only one I've ever had that I smelt bananas and banana bread. Yeah. This is the single barrel version. Of that. Of that. that it, Which so, technically, I guess that barrel pick is a uh, barrel select is a single barrel too. But Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Tennessee whiskey and bourbon, um, while not labeled bourbon, most Tennessee whiskeys meet the criteria required to be called bourbon. 
After distillation, Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey undergoes what is referred to as the Lincoln County process. In the case of Jack Daniels, it drips for six days in 10-foot vats, passing through charcoal that was made by burning maple wood that had been impregnated with 140-proof Jack Daniels whiskey before being put in new charred oak barrels and aged for an estimated four to seven years. Jack Daniels pulls barrels from the upper level of the rickhouse for their single-barrel bottlings, with the barrel-proof version being released in varying proofs ranging from 125 to 140. This is the first time that Jack Daniels has offered their single-barrel product to the public in barrel strength form. So, I just made an executive decision, and I took the previous Jack Daniels on our website, on our uh, Whiskeys We've Tried page, and I put it at the bottom with all the other uh, other style whiskeys where I have all the other Tennessee whiskeys. Instead of putting the Tennessee whiskeys under bourbons, because technically... Technically they're not, they're even though they could be considered. Called, so. Yep, they're, they're called Tennessee whiskeys. So Correct. It says it on the bottle. All right. Um, so for those of you guys who are, haven't listened forever, um, I started off as a Jack drinker. Um, before I really got into the world of whiskey, I just thought all whiskey was Jack Daniels. Um, and this very much smells like that kind of distinct Jack smell with some hints of like bananas foster again, banana. I don't understand what Jack Daniels is doing that there's banana in here, but there's banana. Well, they're putting bananas in it. Duh. No, apparently. It smells no. like runts. Banana runts. You... Yeah, that's exactly what the other one smelled like to me. This one smells like... Like, like banana Laffy Taffy. Like like, yeah, like banana bread and banana flavored candy. Yeah. That's what it brought back to, to you know, my memory. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sniff on this for another minute or two. I got a lot of vanilla. Yes. And a little bit of spice. I think that's... Typical Jack Daniels is very vanilla, very oak... Some spice. Um, all right, all right. I wasn't getting the banana uh, the first couple times I smelled it, but I did get it that time again. It it makes me think of a laffy taffy, banana flavored laffy taffy. Um, this which one is, is runs and chewy form. Yeah, basically, it, this is not as potent of a banana flavor or banana smell as the uh, the other one that we did in episode seventy one, but it is noticeably there. Um, this smells hot. <laughs> that smells spicy. It's got a little bit of a cinnamon kind of yeah. burn your nose hair smell to it. All right. So I'm getting banana. I'm getting vanilla and oak. Um, oh, I forgot to and... say one more thing that happened in, in life, but that's fine. I'll talk about it next week. Okay. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. It I, smells I, good, but I'm scared. I'm going... Uh, I, Look, I try to get three, three smells smells off the nose, and I'm going banana, vanilla, and cinnamon. Okay, those those are my three that I'm getting off this. If I, I'm happy, if I can get three, I'll go banana, vanilla, oak, and heat, spicy, spicy heat. Um, we are supposed to be smelling a combination of maple sugar candy and bananas. Um. Burnt, burnt wood. Um, the alcohol is noticeable. Um, 
It's rich and inviting. So maple sugar candy, uh, bananas, burnt wood, and alcohol. So, all right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I definitely get the alcohol smell. I definitely get the the bananas and the sweetness. Burnt wood. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's so okay. Spicy. Okay, it's very subtly there. I, yeah, I haven't tried it yet. I was going to let Megan <laughs> I was going to let Megan get in there and get the first try. It burns. It burns a lot. It's still burning. It burns on my tongue. Um it the burn's going Ooh. away. <laughs> At first I was like, man, this is not that big a deal and then And it then like, it like Punches it you. Like, yeah, it like sends a <laughs> fist back up your your esophagus mm-hmm. to hit it's you in like, the back of the mouth. You said what, motherfucker? <laughs> oh man, that is um Woof. Oh, I don't I don't know how to describe that. Um uh, uh, uh well, let me say it this way. While I was talking with the moonshine man, and we were tasting whiskeys the other day. He made a comment of, do you feel how it feels a little oily in your mouth? And that was the first time I had ever been Associated like, with oil? Well, not... I've heard people... Like, I've read reviews that said this was an oily mouth feel, or it had a, you know, a little bit... But it was the first time I could ever associate it with something in my mouth. This leaves an oily feel in my mouth. It's an oily flavor, kind of. It's an oily feel. It it's not, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. It just that's what the. It's very woody, mm-hmm. very, and that that flavor, just the texture of it's oily, and that wood as it sits on your, on your tongue, and you salivate, just kind of br- puts that oily feel back in back in your mouth again, you know. You are so right. I had to take a sip after you said that because I'm like, oil. But you're so right. That's exactly what it feels like. Um, which wow. Which is a weird sensation. Um, S- second sip was not... As bad. Not nearly as bad. No. Which... is pretty normal, I feel yeah. like. Like, once you have that initial, like, pow, like, you start getting used to it. It's making um, me salivate like crazy, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm over here like... Nom, oh, nom, yeah. Nom. Uh, sorry, guys, if you're hearing that in the, nom, in the nom. microphones. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. It is very, very woodsy. Um, like licking a log. <laughs> a mushroom-filled log? <laughs> a mushroom-filled log. Um, it is very charcoal, very burnt wood, but then... I don't get much charcoal in it. No? No. I think that's just probably the, the alcohol. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just personally, I'm not getting much charcoal. I just. <sighs> wow. Now you said oil. Like, that's. Yeah. It's, that's such a it's good amazing. descriptor. That's it, such a good descriptor. It's amazing. You like you see it and you're like, huh. yeah, okay. You know, I would know that when I taste it. And then when somebody says, yeah, that's oil and you've got it in your mouth, you're like. Oh my, oh my god, god. yeah it, it is. Yeah. Um so very woodsy, I would say. Um a little bit tobacco-y, but then very Jack Daniels, vanilla, um yummy, caramel, um 
I'm going to tell you, it took me until the third sip before I could taste any kind of sweetness, really any sort of noticeable flavors in it. And it, other than that woody, oily, you know, any of that vanilla sweetness that, that they were referring to. So, Ooh, that's uh, interesting. I think I know where this one would fit in my repertoire, but I'm going to. Lord, I've got to wait and see. Yep, I'm going to let it let it go um, the whole time. Vanilla, caramel, wood, fucking banana. I don't understand, but banana. You taste the banana in this? I taste the banana. Banana. The nanner? The nanner. I'll taste the nanner. Um, it, it took me probably five sips to get to the banana, but now I definitely taste the banana. And I would say the after like it's out of my mouth and I still I still it like coats your mouth in like a like an oil. But if I go like if I move my tongue in my mouth like up and down without anything in it, I have like banana leftovers. Yeah. I can I can maybe see that if I try really hard. But for the most part, the leftover I get is like that woody. Like I said, maybe I, I don't know. I'm salivating a lot from this. Yeah. But. I am very curious to see how this goes. Well, um, as we continue sipping it. All right. Well, <clears throat> oh, I should probably say we're supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Real duh. Quick. Yeah. I'm about to move on. Go <laughs> on. Uh, chocolatey sweet caramel, burnt wood, pipe tobacco, bananas. Nuttiness, spice, uh, maple sugar candy, um, medium weight mouthfeel, and the finish is where the heat kicks in, ramping up to a spicy burn. Well, hmm. so <clears throat> there is one more in this trifecta that I intend on us doing here, and perhaps... Um, on that day, we could recreate the tasting I did at Jack Daniels because... Oh, that'd be nice. We have two of the three. The other one is the single barrel rye and Jack regular Jack Daniels. That was the four we tasted. And I do remember which one I liked the best of the three. Um, you going to tell us or are you going to make us wait? I don't know. How bad do you want to know? I don't know. I guess make us wait. Make us wait. Dun dun dun. <laughs> to be continued. Um. All right. So, uh, on that note, I we're good to move myself on. Myself so dizzy. Yeah. But. Yep. <laughs> so go check out the video for that. Megan's head banging over here. So we're good to move on. Yep. I'm ready. All right. Uh, real quick, I just want to take a minute. I forgot to say this earlier. Uh, make sure you go out, like, and subscribe us on YouTube. Wherever you get your podcasts, uh, that helps us as well as monetary so donations. Much. Now, on that note, Megan, you want to talk about our partners? Yep. I yes, sure, she does. She just I completely sure forgot. sure do. All right. So I'll start while Megan's pulling her thing up. Which one do you... Here. I bet you don't have one for this this guy. I don't have one written for that. All right. Yeah, that's you're fine. right. I'll talk about this. This is my Tervis um, tumbler. And I take it with me every single day to work. It is insulated. You can get non-insulated ones. This keeps my water cold when I'm out working in the field. It's got a 
heck of a loop. It's super secure. It's got a little mouth hole, and then I can open it up. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not on camera. It's got a little mouth hole. I can open it up here. They make all sorts of different kind of tumblers that anybody can use, um, and they actually have various promotions going on. I don't remember exactly what the last one is. It's some kind of like bestsellers, something or another. I'd have to pull up the email to look at, but you can go to whiskeyandwonders.com slash sponsors and click on the, uh, it's the Star Wars Mandalorian logo there. They've got uh, some Mandalorian cups that came out. And since we're both, well, we're huge Star Wars fans. I am still a huge Star Wars fan. I know. I haven't you, really, we haven't really talked about it. I've, just... I've decided I'm done with it. Um, they're, they're milking it and it's not at all what it used to be. So I'm done with it. I can't talk to you about that right now. Okay. Well, anyway, we have these we awesome, time. awesome uh, Tervis tumblers. The link to it is up there on whiskeywonder.com slash sponsors. So I love mine. I use it every single day when I'm at work. I know you'll love yours. And it's a fraction of the cost of the competition. So. All right. Nice, Tyler. Do you want me to read another yeah, one? Yeah, go right ahead. Take it away. Okay. Um. Your privacy matters, which is why we've partnered with NordVPN to keep our podcast friends safer on the internet. Using NordVPN keeps your browsing and information private while giving you access to an encrypted cloud to store your files and generating special passwords to make getting hacked nigh impossible. We love NordVPN because of how much their service helps us during our wonder research. Using NordVPN allows us to access streaming services across the globe, letting us watch documentaries that aren't currently available to American servers. With a click of a button, NordVPN can make it appear as if I'm in the UK, allowing me to access the European library on Netflix. Tune into episode 45 of Whiskey and Wonder to learn about the importance of cybersecurity and get a whopping 68% off a two-year subscription of NordVPN at whiskeyandwonder.com slash sponsors. Yay! Give a, give a round of applause for a couple of our partners. Um, yeah. That was awesome. I had no idea. I had a line at the end of that. I was checking my fantasy football score. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's why there was that awkward pause. And Uh, on that note. (laughs) Yep. Whoops. (laughs) Opening the bottle. Uh, Wrong one. It's been a couple weeks, guys. It's been a couple weeks, and this is 129 proof. It's time for the wonder segment. I would be lying if I said I'm not a little uh, little buzzed right now. Have you not had anything to eat today? Uh, I have, but it, it's been, it was like 11 o'clock this morning. Okay. Yeah, maybe maybe noon. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I'm feeling it a little bit. So, today, we're going to hop into the way back machine and we're going to head back to pre-revolutionary times. Oh, wow. Well, let me change that over there. there We're we go. going a long way back. Oh, yeah. We got to fill her up. Okay. All right. We're going to talk about one of the events in the U.S. that helped change many colonists from pro-British to anti-British. Ooh. A significant event that sparked many other significant events. Today, we're going to learn about the Boston Massacre, or as the Brits call it, the incident on King Street. 
Dun, dun, dun. In the early 1770s, tensions were running very high in the city of Boston. Uh, the city was being occupied by more than 2,000 British troops who were there for the basically the sole purpose of enforcing Britain's tax laws on the nearly 16,000 colonists who were living in Boston at the time. If you remember from uh, your old U.S. history class, the Stamp Act and the Townshend Act excuse me, were two of the taxation laws that were passed by the British Parliament that these soldiers were expected to enforce. So let's examine these acts a little closer uh, for those people who, like me, don't remember (laughs) (laughs) what these acts did. I did not like U.S. history in high school. If you could look at yourself now. Oh, I would give myself a wedgie. (laughs) I'd like the whiskey part. Anyway, uh, the Stamp Act of uh, Stamp Act of 1765 was one of the first taxes that British or that the British Parliament chose to impose on American colonists, and it placed a tax on all paper documents in the colonies. The reason for this comes from the late 1750s and early 1760s, when the Seven Years' War was fought between France and Britain. It was basically fought over who would control most of at the time the known area in North America. Well, as per a lot of wars back then, Britain ended up winning, and they gained possession of Canada, in addition to what would become the future U.S. colonies that they already controlled. Britain was left with a hefty debt from this war, which had mostly benefited the colonists as they had spent the last 80 years fighting the French off and on. Uh, Because of this, the British Parliament decided that the colonists are you raising your hand? No, I'm playing. I oh, have okay. a squishy. To... I thought I thought I saw your hand like go up like this. No, like, no, sorry, okay. my no, bad. Uh, no, you're good. Um, because of this, the British Parliament, or because they had spent the last eighty years, the colonists had spent the last eighty years fighting the French off and on. Uh, because of this, the British Parliament decided that the colonists should help pay for the war, and the Crown began tightening the reins and enforcing some taxes that they had just been pretty lax about collecting on traded goods. Uh, that were entering the colonies. In 1765, Parliament passed the Stamp Act, which was the first tax act, like I said earlier, that directly taxed the colonists and not goods. The Stamp Act required that all legal documents and printed material bear a stamp and a tax would be collected in order to receive this stamp. The new law applied to things like newspapers, wills, deeds, pamphlets, and even things like playing cards and dice because apparently those are printed dice. You know, they must have 3D printers. Since the colonists had no representation, this was met with heated objections. I think I got Megan on that last one. It took her a second. It was like a delayed <laughs> reaction. It took me a minute, but then I got it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm sure if you're on YouTube, you can see like the the progression in my face where I'm like, What? Oh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> That's what I saw out of the corner of my eye. So, um, Since the colonists had no representation, it was met with, uh, or this decision was met with heated objections, but Parliament pretty much gave them the middle finger and said, fuck you, we don't care. Once the law was implemented, colonists showed their displeasure by reprinting Patrick Henry's series of resolutions that he submitted to his colony's government. These resolutions denied Parliament's right to tax the colonies and called for the colonists 
Ooh, that was a loud S there. Called for the colonists to resist the Stamp Act. There's too many S's. <laughs> Once this message got into the newspapers throughout the colonies, the radical message quickly spread, and soon Congress and other colonial political groups were attempting to politically end the Stamp Act. But your average colonist, they were taking matters into their own hands. We got this. Andrew Oliver, who was Boston's stamp distributor at the time, was forced into resigning when a mob led by the Sons of Liberty paraded through the streets with a life-sized dummy of Oliver. <coughs> the mob proceeded to hang the dummy, behead it, and then they raided Oliver's home. Dude was just trying to do his job, man. Yep. <laughs> For real, but they didn't want him to do his job. They said, fuck your job. Oof. Mobs also began waiting in ports for ships that were carrying stamp papers from England, and they basically forced these ships to turn back around without unloading any of their cargo or getting any goods or supplies for the trip back. Like, sorry, pal, you're on your own. These scenes played out all over the colonies, resulting in most stamp distributors having resigned by early 19, uh, 1766. And... Later in 1766, the act was repealed. But Parliament didn't lose faith. And shortly thereafter, they passed the Declaratory Act of 1766, which legally gave them the authority to tax the American colonies just as they would tax people in Britain. So basically, they had the power to legalize what they were already doing that was illegal and did so. So, the Stamp Act showed the first real display of how rowdy the colonists could get, but it was certainly not the last. The next occurred about a year later when Parliament passed the Townshend Act of 1767. The Townshend Acts, which went into effect on November 20th, 1767, began taxing goods that were imported into the, into the American colonies, again without offering the colonists any representation. Since the Stamp Act was still fresh in, fresh in everyone's memory, the colonists were not happy. The main items taxed were tea, glass, lead paints, and paper. These goods were chosen... Uh, these goods were specifically chosen because Benjamin Franklin informed Parliament that the colonists would start producing their own goods rather than pay taxes on imported items from Britain. And Parliament knew that it would be very hard for the colonists to produce these items. So you can't make it, so we're going to sell it to you and tax you on it. Ha ha, go fuck yourself. Mm, that didn't work for them. Uh, Parliament actually expected that tea would be the most profitable by a large margin of all these commodities. The revenue that was raised by the Townshend Act was used to pay colonial judges, governors, and other politicians to ensure that the American government would remain loyal to Britain. So basically, <laughs> they were taking the money that they were making off of this stuff and said, we're going to pay you, the people that run the government here, so that you stay loyal to us while average person, you know, they can get shitted on. Well... What else has changed? Clearly, right. But clearly that worked for them. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> the Americans didn't take too kindly to this. And again, within a few short weeks, we're circulating propaganda, this time in a series of pamphlets 
These included the Massachusetts Circular Letter, which was written by Sam, Samuel Adams and James Otis Jr., and Letters from a Farmer in Pennsylvania, written by Pennsylvania legislator John Dickinson. And I want to read that last one again. This is a Pennsylvania legislator, a politician, and he wrote Letters from a Farmer in Pennsylvania. I want to illustrate the point that these people were not career politicians. They did not want to be into politics. They wanted to be farmers. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yep, do, do, with, just... do with that information what you will. Within a few weeks, the colonists took matters into their own hands by boycotting British goods. This was largely organized by the Sons of Liberty and resulted in there being very little money used to keep the American government loyal to the crown. I also want to note that the Sons of Liberty are also the same group who created the saying, no taxation without representation. I've heard that. I have too. One of the few things I remember from U.S. history. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, man, it caught me off guard. <laughs> oh, boy, it caught me off guard there. Anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah. I definitely got some chocolate in that, though. As interesting as it is, Megan is like, I don't believe you. No, you didn't. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. It caught me so off guard. I can taste chocolate. Anyway, while Megan's over there trying to figure that out. Soon, several colonies had agreed to stop boycotting all British goods with the exception of a small handful of necessities for one year. In response to the colonists getting a little spicy again, Britain decided it was time to send the military over to put those Yanks in their place. By 1769, more than 2,000 troops had arrived in Boston in order to, quote, restore order, end Uh, quote. Yeah, I'm sure. As I mentioned earlier... Only around 16,000 people lived in Boston. So one out of every eight people in Boston was a British soldier, basically. Multiple minor confrontations began occurring between the British soldiers and the colonists and also between pro-British colonists, a.k.a. loyalists, and patriot colonists, setting the stage for the Boston Massacre. Massacre? Yeah. Okay. On the evening... Of March 5th, 1770, as Private Hugh White and some other soldiers stood guarding the Customs House on King Street. Wow, that was not a complete sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm sorry. There was no ass. On the evening of March 5th, 1770, Private Hugh White and some other soldiers stood guarding the Customs House on King Street. Uh, there we go. I just added a word. Inside was the King's money collected via the freshly imposed taxes. Well, as it would happen on the snowy evening, a few angry colonists chose to join Private Private White on King Street. It all started when a 13-year-old wig maker's apprentice, and let me just say, what a job. Wig maker apprentice. What a job. Wow, man. (laughs) Anyway, This 13-year-old kid named Edward Garrick called out to a British captain lieutenant named John Goldfinch, and he accused him of refusing to pay a bill that was due to his wig maker the previous day. I guess this is equivalent of not paying your barber or hairstylist nowadays? Wigs are fucking expensive. I don't know how expensive they were back in the day, but today good wigs are like... Yeah, but that was Damn. like that was like the style, you know. Like you had to get your wig powdered and 
if you were doing anything of importance, now people go get their hair cut and they get they get all jizzed up for jizzed up. Yep, I'm gonna invent that. Jizzed up, Tyler. Yep, they get all jizzed up. Everybody out there going to get their hair cut for something important, you're getting jizzed up. Deal with it. <laughs> We're gonna get jizzed up when you put me in a pink dress. Oh yeah. One oh. of these days. We're you're getting jizzed up. I'm not. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with the wig thing. Uh, how it's really it, how it's like the equivalent of not paying your barber nowadays. I feel like it's more. I mean, not pay your barber, guys, but I feel like this is more expensive than your barber would be today. No, I don't think so. I you think I okay, think okay. I think that's like that was your hairstyle. You wore a wig when you needed to go somewhere nice like everybody had a wig okay because their hair was shit and lice infested yeah anyway. oh man okay <clears throat> anyway goldfinch ignored the kid uh, as he had actually paid the bill uh the previous day but white told the kid that he should be more respectful to the other or to the officer <laughs> insults were exchanged and garrick this 13 year old kid began poking his finger into Goldfinch's chest. You better not fucking say that to me, boy. Anyway. Actually, I said that it was the kid that was doing it. Anyway, White left. Was it the uh, kid? Yeah, the kid was poking into the soldiers. Like, like, like chest. Like, yeah, don't you tell me what to do, you, you fucking Brit bitch. <laughs> anyway. I'm Just sure, like that. I'm sure that was the language, ex- ex- you know. Exchanged. Exchanged, yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Anyway. So Garrick began poking Goldfinch in the chest with his finger. White left his post and hit Garrick in the head with his musket, knocking him to the ground. Garrick, uh, Garrick's companion, uh, began arguing loudly with White, which began to draw uh, a larger crowd than what was already there. Henry Knox, who would later be a general in the Revolution, came up to the uh, came upon the scene and told White, "Quote: If he fired, he must die for it." End quote. But he didn't fire. We'll see. Oh, okay. Well, as we discussed, tensions were high between the colonists and the British troops. So before long, the crowd had grown and gotten more rowdy, and church bells, which were usually reserved for, you know, fires, were ringing, Mm. alerting other colonists that something was happening. And so everyone was being a looky-loo, like, hey, there's a fire? Everybody poured out. The crowd of around 50 quickly began throwing snowballs, stones, and other objects at White. (laughs) Snowballs. It was a snowy evening, so. Uh, uh, They all began throwing snowballs, stones, and other objects at White, who had scampered up the stairs of the customs house to a safer location, and they were all daring him to fire his weapon. Shoot me, bitch. You won't. No balls. Mm. That's basically what they were doing, and I'm going to throw a snowball at you. (laughs) Around this time, White was able to send a runner to alert Captain Thomas Preston, the officer of the nearby barracks, that he needed backup. These colonists. Nope, that's not the right accent. Never mind. Go away. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> um, <laughs> these here even... colonists need something put up their ass. That, anyway. Yep, wrong accent. I'm not going to try that again. Yeah, uh, Never anyway. mind. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Preston dispatched six privates and one non-commissioned officer 
that who are all armed with muskets and fixed bayonets to join, uh, and then he joined them himself. The soldiers pushed through the crowd where Henry Knox grabbed Preston and said, quote, for God's sake, take care of your men. If they fire, you must die. Uh, to which Preston responded, I am aware of it. So these people were as rigid as fucking boards when it comes to speaking. Um, also, Henry Knox, can you say anything other than if they fire, you must die? No. Apparently not. By this time, the crowd had grown to a few hundred colonists, so the soldiers formed a semicircle behind Preston on the steps of Common House, uh, of the Commons, not Common House, the, the, damn, I typed the wrong word, the Customs House. The hell is wrong with me? Anyway, <laughs> uh, they formed a semicircle. Do you want me to answer that? Yeah. We'd be here a while. Everything. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, so the soldiers formed a semicircle behind Preston on the steps of the customs house and, un- or, and loaded their muskets. Preston ordered the crowd to disperse. However, they continued spitting at the soldiers, hurling stones and snowballs, yelling at them to fire. Local innkeeper Richard Palms, who was carrying a cudgel, which is, as I learned, a type of stick, went up to Preston and he asked if the soldiers' weapons were loaded to which Preston replied, yes, they were, but that they would not fire unless he ordered them to, and that he was unlikely to do so since uh, he was standing in front of them. Despite this, one of the soldiers was then struck in the head with an object which knocked him down and caused him to drop his musket. The soldier's name was Private Hugh Montgomery. Montgomery then retrieved his weapon and shouted, quote, damn you, fire. and then fired his weapon into the crowd, despite Preston never giving the order. Palms swung his cudgel at Montgomery and hit his arm. He then swung at Preston and narrowly missed his head and hit his arm. After a momentary pause, the soldiers began sporadically firing into the crowd instead of all at once, since Preston never gave the order to fire. Keep in mind, these are also muskets, so... You know, they take a little bit of time to reload. It's not a semi-automatic firearm. In total, 11 people were hit with three dying instantly. Mariner James Caldwell, rope maker Samuel Gray, and a mixed-race former former slave named Crispus Attucks, who had been one of the first colonial instigators after the initial attack on Garrick, uh, were the three that died instantly. 17-year-old Samuel Maverick, who was an apprentice ivory turner, was struck by a ricochet and died the following morning. Uh, Irish immigrant Patrick Carr was hit in the abdomen and died two weeks later. Christopher Monk was seriously wounded and crippled. He would die almost a decade later due to the injuries he sustained during the attack. So the crowd dispersed away from the customs house uh, but continued to grow in nearby streets. So they basically went a couple blocks over and got more people involved. Preston immediately called the rest of the regiment out to take up defensive positions in front of the, the customs house. The acting governor, Thomas Hutchinson, was summoned to the scene, and he was able to restore order by promising the crowd that there would be a fair inquiry into the shootings if they dispersed, and uh, this appeased the crowd enough uh, so that they went about their business, I guess, uh, because they dispersed. 
The investigation began immediately and resulted in Preston and the eight soldiers being arrested the following morning. Many significant Boston patriots asked the governor to order all British troops be moved out of the city uh, to this uh, place called Castle Island um, so that a town meeting could be held to discuss what had happened. But unfortunately, the governor did not have the ability to order the troops to move. And the commander of the troops, Lieutenant Colonel William Dalrymple. What? Dalrymple. Dalrymple. D-A-L-R-Y-M-P-L-E. Dalrymple. Dalrymple. Yeah. William Dalrymple did not offer to move the troops. Because of this, the town meeting, which apparently went on anyways, uh, quickly and unanimously agreed to request that the troops be moved permanently. It became apparent that if the troops were not moved, the citizens would likely take matters into their own hands and rebel and attempt to force them out of the town. The soldiers were then transferred to uh, Castle Island a week later after Patrick Carr died from his wounds. Now, that name's going to come up again. Patrick Carr, there's a reason. Um, I keep mentioning him. As for the results of the investigation, on March 27th, Captain Preston... The eight soldiers and another four civilians who were inside the customs house and were have found to have fired shots as well were all indicted for murder. When the trials occurred a few months later, the Massachusetts government uh, the Massachusetts government was determined to give the soldiers a fair trial in order to avoid retaliation from the British. Several loyalist lawyers refused to defend Preston for this very reason resulting in prominent patriot John Adams agreeing to defend the soldiers, interestingly enough. Hmm. I don't know if that was a cover for him or if he just believed in a fair trial or wanted to ensure that the trial was fair or what, but he defended him. The trial began on November 27, 1770, where Adams argued that the soldiers had the legal right to fight back against the mob since they were essentially cornered and were being provoked but it was Patrick Carr's deathbed account. Uh, it was Patrick Carr's deathbed account of the incident that played a critical role in the decision. And I'm going to read the testimony of John Jeffries, who was the surgeon who was caring for Carr after he was injured and as he died. Question. Were you Patrick Carr's surgeon? Answer. I was. Question. Was he, Carr, apprehensive of his danger? Answer, he told me he was a native of Ireland and that he had frequently seen mobs and soldiers called upon to quell them. He had seen soldiers often fire upon the uh, the people in Ireland, but had never seen them bear half so much before they had fired in his life. Question, when had you the last conversation with him? Answer, about four o'clock in the afternoon preceding the night on which he died, And he then particularly said he forgave the man, whoever he was that shot him. He was satisfied. He had no malice, but fired to defend himself. The jury decided to acquit all those involved after deliberating for two and a half hours. Two soldiers were found guilty of manslaughter as there was overwhelming evidence that they fired directly into the crowd. These two soldiers would ultimately plead benefit of clergy, which from what I gathered was at that time, uh, 
you could be tried by a religious court instead of a court of law in English law somehow. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how that worked, but apparently that was an option in 1700s English law. Okay. Um, so this actually resulted in their sentences being reduced from death to a branding of the thumb, which is similar to like the Yakuza where they cut the pinky off. Okay. You brand the thumb with a brand and it is there to sig- signify that you committed a violent crime. Hmm. <clears throat> Obviously things weren't peachy after the Boston massacre investigation was wrapped up though. In fact, this event is considered to be one of the most significant event significant events during the revolutionary period of history. Mm-hmm as it united most colonists against King George III and British Parliament. Despite occurring five years prior to the start of the war, the Boston Massacre inspired many other Patriot Acts, such as the Boston Tea Party and the Gaspee Affair. John Adams even wrote, quote, The foundation of American independence was laid on March 5th, 1770. End quote. Wow. So, that is a story of the Boston Massacre. Wow. Um, I didn't know, like, or I might have known some of that in high school, but I didn't know any it. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was a good job. Good well, job, thanks. Tyler. Thanks. Have I... one of these. Nope. There we go. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, all right, guys. Well, on that note, we're gonna move it on. I gotta. I'm. I'm actually. I'm gonna preface this by saying. I've had one trivia with Tyler, uh, in the in the queue for a while, and it was due to be next week's. Mm-hmm. But I think it fits so well. I'm gonna bump it up. Okay. Trivia with Tyler. Of course, my um, my phone reset and went way far away from it, but that's fine. I'll find it real quick. Don't worry. Don't All right. you worry. All right, here we go. Oh, never mind. I lied. It was about a different war. I thought it was. Aww. It was about the Brits in a different war. I thought it was the Revolutionary. It is not. <clears throat> so we get what we. We get what we get. We get what we get. Now, I do need something else though. I need to go back in this in our episodes. Okay. And see when we did one. You did one a long time ago on octopuses. Octopi. Octopuses. Octopuses. Yes. Yes. A I don't remember when ago. that was. Yes. That was episode 22. Oh my so, God. Um, octopuses have copper based blood rather than iron based blood. You might have taught us that. Um, that makes their blood blue in color. And incidentally, they have three hearts with which to pump the blood. I think I did teach you guys I that. I think you might have. I think I did. But that's a reminder. Hey. For Trivial Tyler. Go listen to that episode because it was fun AF. Yes. Episode 22. Final Thoughts. All right. So I didn't get to drink but once or twice and I talked about it on air. You guys heard, I got a little you bit got of chocolate. You got chocolate, which was weird. Um, I have not gotten any chocolate yet. 
Um, because of the proof of this one, I've been trying to like pace myself. So I have, I don't have a lot left, but I would say I have more left than I normally do at this point. I poured very small amounts for us today. So smaller than usual. So. You added a few water drops, I see. Yes, I did. I have not tried it yet. I just totally missed the bowl glass thing. All right, I'm swirling my water, and I'm looking at Tyler's face, and he says he finished it. No, he didn't. There's still stuff in there. And, oh, contemplative wow. face. It definitely, ooh. Yeah. It brought the uh, brought some bitterness out, and it brought uh, brought the spice out. Whoa. Yeah. I would not recommend with water. No water. Don't do it. Would not recommend with water. Oh, oh, oh my face. My face yeah. is stuck like this. It's almost making me like tear up. <laughs> oh, that was rough. I guess I'm a weenie. Oh, some people. Oh. Some people probably love this stuff. Man, that That's with, hard. with water, that was oof. That is. I wish I had finished it all. Man. <laughs> I have another sip got, of it left. Yeah, I got some more too. Um, do you not really recommend with water unless you are like a masochist or um i guess a uh if you like high proof you go right ahead yeah add a little water it'll give you a little more burn with it oh although man. it wasn't as bad that time I, I shot it that time um got more flavor shooting it that's still Less as burn. bad when you sip it yeah don't sip it if yeah. you have water <laughs> well um i i i said it early and i'm, I'm gonna stick with it I know where this would fit in my repertoire. Your repertoire of all of the whiskeys or in just the Jack lineup? Or I guess both. But what are you talking about? In in the cabinet. Like in, in my Okay, like, in, in all my, of your whiskeys. Yeah. Is it... <sighs> well, where is it in your repertoire? It, it is a... It's one that I'm not going to pull out to have terribly, terribly often okay. by itself. Okay. Um, if I do, it's going to be just, uh, it's definitely going to be neat now. Um, but it's, it's probably going to be a mixer, which is spendy for a mixer. There's a lot. I think, I think I paid like 50 or 60 bucks for this. Um, I'll have to double check. That's that. a bit much for a mixer. Yeah. I'll have to double check that. But, um, um, just because of that, just because of what I spent on it, I probably wouldn't mix it. But yeah, it's it's pretty high proof for me. Um, I could handle it neat. It 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 does come down to earth a little bit as you get used to it. But God Almighty, I would not want it with an ice ice ball or ugh, water. No. no, thank you. No, definitely not. Um. You know, other other than with water, I was actually I was actually really enjoying it without water. Yeah, I mean, um, I was surprised at how well I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, same. I thought I was terrified when you were talking about having this, and I was like, I'm going to be miserable this entire time. But I I really like it. I mean, I guess when it gets comes down to it, Jack was my 
my friend for a long time before I got into this whiskey business, and Jack is still there when I need a pal. <laughs> a whiskey business. That's a great play on risky business. Right? I thought um, so. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if I came up with that. I'm pretty sure I heard it somewhere, oh. but um, I'll take credit. I, yeah, I mean, I would definitely drink this neat, and I... I just looked it up. It was it was about sixty five bucks. Yeah, that's um, that's not a awful mixer. lot for for me to mix with. I I would do it occasionally if somebody, you know, wanted to try it that I had over. I wouldn't have any issue if they wanted to mix it. But for me, I would probably muscle my way through. Like I said, it's it's the first handful of sips that are that are kind of rough. Um, but you kind of balance it out and then. You get used to it, and it, it, it's not bad at all. Um, what are you thinking as far as a number? Um, I mean, yeah, I really, I weighed, enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, compared to the other Jack we had, I might like this one more. Really? Yeah. I can't remember the number I gave the other one, and it's been a minute. Like, I think you said episode 71, so that's been yes. I, like I remember 20-something what we episodes. It. Um, I think I gave it an eight, right? Or you said a seven? We both gave it a seven. We both gave it a seven, if my memory serves. Um, uh, this to me is like a. No, I'm sorry. Oh no. Nope, it was different. That was something else. That was Uncle Nearest. Oh. That we both gave a seven. Okay, then this was the eight and a half that I gave, right? Yeah. Okay. This is okay. This is another eight and a half. It's just a different eight and a half. The other one was not nearly as high a proof as this boy, so yeah, that is that is for sure. Um, oh man, I'm struggling so hard. I I gave the other one an eight. I can't go as high on this one. No, I, I like the other one better. Um, okay, I think I like this one more. And like when it comes down to it. I uh, that is surprising. Right? I am shocked at very myself. Very surprising because you shocked. do not like high proof stuff. Yeah. I'm very very impressed. Uh I'm going to go I'm going to go a six and a half. Wow, that's it? I thought you would like this more than that. No, I'm going six and a half. Okay. It's it's, it's good. It's above average, but it's not there's a lot a lot more better out there. So. Wow. Okay. Well, you heard it here, folks. Yep. Um, on that note, Tyler, what are you thinking? You got anything left? Anything to say to the people? No, should I? No, I don't think so. Ooh, what in the oh, world? Oh, if we have not been recording. No, I'm... we've been recording. Okay. We're, we're, uh, yes, <laughs> oh, that is something I do want to say. <laughs> I want to take this moment. If you are still with us, you are probably a... Uh, Fan. True fan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a, a, a fan? Anyway, if you're with us, I want to apologize for the technical issues we've had on the videos having sound. I have not realized that. Uh, Megan did a fabulous job. Apparently, episode we're on episode, what, 92? 90 and 91 did not have sound, the videos. Um, I've gone back and added it into episode 91. That was not Megan's fault. That was something I... Missed. Um, I think it had something to do with the program wanting to update and me telling it no. And so 
Yeah. Um, apparently it has a mind of its own. So I just realized uh, today that episode 90 does not have sound. So I will be adding that back in um, depending on what time this stuff uploads tonight. Like I said, I do have to be up early tomorrow to take mm-hmm. Bo to get his teeth. Teefy's done. Oh, I forgot to mention he's also getting his spot removed. Oh, see, he definitely needs to keep that appointment. He'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, I know, but he'll be I, fine. The spot's I, not bothering him. It's not growing, so I know, but he's he's got this, man. Yeah, I know. Anyway, um, if I don't get to it tonight, adding sound to that one, I will get to it tomorrow. So I just want to apologize for the technical issues we've been having. Hopefully, we won't have those anymore in the future. I can see right now it is. The video is getting my voice, so if it doesn't, I quit. Okay. I just okay. want I'm putting that out there. I don't know how to see if it has your voice or not. You didn't really tell me that. I just trusted you. That right there? Okay. Yep. Okay. Already. I don't know if that was there last time I recorded or not. I'm mean, gonna I guess well, it wasn't. Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> uh but again, like I said, that's uh that's just my fault for it's been happening two weeks now, and I didn't even realize it, so. Oopsies. Well. All right, guys. On that note, thank you for sticking around. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you tune in next week. Uh, please take a minute to like, subscribe, rate, review, do all the wonderful things that help us climb the charts. And if you really liked us, uh, head on over to Patreon or PayPal and send us a little bit of monetary donation. We'd appreciate it very much. Yep. Check out our uh, partners. Mm-hmm. Check out um, whiskeyandwonder.com slash store. Uh, without an always, H. Yeah, without an H. So. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We will see you next week. Don't drink and drive. Cheers. something important you're getting jizzed up deal with it